Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 118 of the podcast that was originally recorded on June 11th of 2016. Some of the games I played for the week, I actually started off with an interview with Eric and Kirk from Plastic Hands Games. I then talked a little bit about 51st State, Beastie Bar, a little Deception, Murder in Hong Kong, and then I finished out the episode of What I Play Now with a little Mafia 2. Of course, I talked about a few of the games that I want to play. Enjoy the episode. gamers welcome to the games this is joe Luzzi from what i'm playing now and welcome to another episode of the what i'm playing now podcast hey thanks for joining me for another episode we have a lot of things to cover in this episode and one of the first things we're actually going to do under the what i'm playing now part of the show is we have an interview with a couple of guys eric and kirk from plastic hand games these guys currently have a game on kickstarter called adorable to horrible and it is a cute little fun game where you're trying to basically just get rid of your opponents and maybe have a few drinks along the way i have a great interview with them so let's get to that right now before we jump into a few of the games that i played for the week enjoy the interview hey everybody this is joe from what i'm playing now and thanks for joining me for another episode of the what i'm playing now podcast we have another interview this evening for everybody to listen to i have a couple gentlemen here who are going to be talking about a game they currently have on kickstarter we have eric and kirk with me tonight from plastic hand games how are you guys doing this evening great how's it going pretty good. really well all right, so let's jump into it. Let's talk about Adorable to Horrible, the game that's on Kickstarter right now. Where did you, where did you guys come up with the premise for this game? Eric, you want to take that? Start us off, Kirk. Well, uh, so uh, Eric and I uh, had always wanted to create board games from when we were young. We've been friends since about the third grade. Um, and we've actually made all kinds of games throughout the years. and. I guess it was one night we were hanging out and probably had a couple beers or more and decided, hey, we, let's let's do this thing and uh, let's take it seriously this time. So we kind of put our heads together and started talking about ideas and so on and so forth. And I guess one thing led to another, and that's kind of how Adorable Horrible came into uh, fruition. Yeah, and I think, too, like for so many years, there was no such thing as Kickstarter or Indiegogo or anything like that. So we're like, Let's make a game. Okay, we made a game. Let's sit around this weekend and play with it with my brother and a couple other friends. Okay, we did that. Let's make another game. You know, it, there was nowhere for it to go. There was no way to get it really made. It's not like you were going to call Hasbro and say, hey, we've got this game, you know, silence. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the so, chances of getting published, especially with the content of our game, by somebody major is, is pretty much null. So, you know, Kickstarter was a great way to finally get our idea out there well at least hopefully yeah exactly yeah kickstarter has been pretty cool there's been a lot of a lot of really good games that have actually come out of there 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 have been some poor ones as well but there's been a lot of good ones so it's i'm, I'm really glad clicks kickstarter and a lot of the a lot of these um you know sites like that are around like you guys were saying indiegogo and stuff yeah. so yeah. I, has yeah. has the game changed much since you guys started kind of discussing it and came up with kind of like the initial concepts and the inception I mean, is oh, there God, been much yes. of a switch? Oh, real? Okay. Well, what's, what, what type of, what type of <laughs> yeah, stuff has we changed? Went through, I mean, <laughs> Eric and I have been working on this game for, I don't know, two and a half years, probably. Both full, since we both work, you know, it's, it's just a thing that we have to do part-time. So 
you know, you come home from work and you get right back on it. We meet during the weekends. We don't live in the same city. Kirk's in Columbus. I'm here in Cleveland. So uh, it's like, okay, we got to meet again another weekend or Kirk would drive up for the day. You know, we'd work on it all day. He'd drive home that night. So yeah, it, it took longer, I think, because of that fact that, you know, we have to make a living while we're trying to make the dream come true, you know? So, uh, yeah, how did it start? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like we, you know, we we just kind of started out with a this circular idea that actually someone else kind of I think bounced around and we just went with that went with that idea. But the game, yes, itself over time, it changed. You know, you know anywhere from we were toying with you know the idea of a family friendly version to a warped version and you know so on and so forth. We knowing me and Eric, we obviously landed on the warped version, but um, <laughs> you know. It changed a lot. We had to change rules a lot. We did a lot of play testing. I uh, got hours upon hours of play testing. Um, Eric had testing groups that he played with multiple, multiple times. So yeah, the game really kind of evolved over time. Yeah, I think part of it was I work as a greeting card writer as a, my day job. So, uh, and I write the funny stuff. So I think over the years, I've been doing it for a while, you know, we started to notice Noticing that like cute characters, cute animals saying irreverent and naughty and gross and violent things, people like that. It resonates with people. So I thought, boy, that might be a nice base to start with. You know, like we could get our sense of humor in and maybe that cute factor would draw some other people in. And then let's just make a really fun, balanced game that, you know, is easy to learn and play. I think that was another thing, Kurt, wouldn't you say? When we jumped in, oh, like, yeah, absolutely. let's start easy absolutely. with a game like what we grew up with, you know, Risk and Sorry and games like that. Like, it, you can jump in pretty quickly and learn it. So I think for our first go-around, we're like, let's start there, even though we play all kinds of games. Um, yep. we, wanted to, we wanted to leverage the tried-and-true mechanics of the old-school games, but kind of, you know, modernize it a bit, I guess you could say. Yeah, I, I still have tons of tons of board games over my parents' basement still that I'm wishing to that I'm hoping to bring over here, but I just don't have any room at my current house for the plethora of games I was I was bought as a child. Yeah, that's a good problem to have, though. <laughs> now, as far as the name goes, who came up with the name for the game? I mean, and was it was it something that kind of was easy to come up? Was everybody just sitting around and shooting the crap or whatever, and just being like? I, I think we had a bunch of names. I mean, I, I do this at work. We do a ton of brainstorming for naming card lines, naming all kinds of stuff. So I'll probably tend to overdo it and give like a list of a hundred different names. And I think we had some like the fallen or damned the, the game or some things like that, where it was all about them, like spiraling into this, you know, pit of hell and doom and gloom kind of thing. So I think, I don't know. I think we were talking about like, what are the characters? Well, they're they're cute. They're these pudgy little squishy things. They're they're adorable. Oh, I, I think it just came out. Like, I'm not sure who came up yeah. with it. But like, I think oh, even your wife was. helped, didn't she, Eric? Yeah, my my wife also writes greeting cards, and she she's been really helpful all the way through with this. So who knows? She may have come up with it. But I think. You know, it rhymes. It describes kind of what the game is. You start off here and you end up there. So I think for many reasons it fit. I think it actually it was going to be a tagline of another name, you yes. know, and it ended up like being 
better than the, the name we had. So we just stuck with it. Well, we can just say she did that just to make you look a little better. We'll just, sure, she came up with the name. Yeah, that's. Why do you think I threw that in there? <laughs> <laughs> so design-wise, you know, it, it sounds like it sounds like you guys kind of did the same stuff growing up that I kind of did. I mean, during the summer, me and my friends, we'd sit on the, my parents' porch. We'd play D&D or we'd, you know, yeah. be playing board games and stuff. And we'd be tired of the old tried and true stuff that's out there. So we'd start coming up with our own things. So yeah. are there are there any designers and stuff that you guys kind of look up to that, you know, have given you like inspiration or something that you, you know, like, um, you're like, oh, I wish I could make games like, you know, this designer or something. Uh I mean, growing up, like, you know, I think we're maybe the same, near the same age, Joe, like Mad Magazine and Crack Magazine mm -hmm. and like, Wacky Pack stickers and Rat Fink, all those things, like, you know, for boys, like, that was awesome. Like, it was gross and funny and weird and disgusting sometimes. I think, like, the, not no specific art, I mean, Rat Fink, yes, but no specific art for, for me that I can think of. Um, and I, you know, for this particular game, I we do some kawaii style, that overly cute Japanese style of art. I thought, like, well, that's a really um, popular look right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's a popular, popular look. So let's try and do something like that, but let's make it dark. You know, let's see if we can combine those two, you know, kind of opposite looks and feels and see what happens with that. So... Um, and we've gotten a lot of good response as far as that look. People are like, oh, it's super cute. I love the characters. You know, unicorns are really popular now. So let's let's do a unicorn as one of the characters. Like, what's the cutest things we can, you know, start with? So um, I think that's where, uh, yeah, design-wise, Kirk, who are, you, who are you thinking? I mean, as far as, like, designers go, though, I, I, I definitely was, you know, Steve Jackson, some of the classics. Um, but, you know, I think I played so many board games at this time. I mean, God, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, I love them all. So, you know, Will Wheaton show, he's not though he's not a board game uh, designer. You know, he certainly is someone I follow a lot and, uh, you know, get a lot of inspiration from. Mm -hmm. I think I, for this game, we didn't want to get two very different art styles. Um, how the characters start off is very cute and cartoony. And then as you look on the board, it gets very sort of realistic looking um, um, pit with with like real looking fire and skulls. So we, we thought like that'll adult this game up anyway. Like it's just to not confuse this. This isn't a kid's game. So um, so it's gone through a bunch of iterations to get to where we are with the board. But at first it was a little too cute. Like the overall feel is just a little bit too cute. And we're like, Let's make it darker, more realistic as you go downward. So, um, so it's got two really different styles if you look at it. So, um, yeah, and that's yeah. a style. That's a style I kind of like because there there are some cartoons out nowadays. And I yeah, I still watch cartoons. I've talked about that before on the show. But they, where where they do have you know like the cartoon characters, but then a lot of the backgrounds or things almost look realistic. Yeah, yeah, and I think part of it's maybe Warner Brothers did some of that. You know, they had some early stuff that, like, realistic painted backdrops with the cartoon cell over the top. And some of the really old Popeyes were like that, too, that I mm -hmm. thought were kind of surreal. Um, and things, just weird stuff, like Clutch Cargo. If you ever watch Clutch Cargo, um, 
was like a weird, you know, cartoon with realistic mouths superimposed. That was bizarre, but I liked it. <laughs> Monty Python cartoons for sure. Terry Gilliam. Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah. So all I think all that, along with Kirk and I's love of horror movies and B movie crap, you know, I think it all just sort of <laughs> was festered you know, into a boil. Uh, yeah. <laughs> What's that? Festered into a boil, yeah. Yeah, it festered into a giant boil, and now we popped it, and this game came out. <laughs> <laughs> the game came oozing out of that. So is yes. this, it sounds like this is the first game you guys have truly, I guess, tried to design. I guess through the process, I mean, I'm sure there's other things that you guys have tried before. Are there any that, through the process, you're maybe thinking about maybe going back to and saying, hey, maybe we can redesign this, throw some polish on this or maybe kind of like pursue absolutely. this down this avenue <clears throat> yep yeah. absolutely um, we have a few different things we're, we're really considering down the road a family-friendly version of this we've gotten a lot of feedback that um people were like man i love the game but i can't play this with my kids and i could you know the the gameplay's fun but that obviously the subject matter is not something you know they could touch but um, so that's, that's a possibility. Um, we've got some other games that, I mean, I had one, I don't know, Kirk, we've been making a lot of games for a lot of years. So we had a boxing game. We had a, uh, chariot race game. Um, what else have we done? Just, I mean, it's hard. We, you know, pit battle games we've done so many different things. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Which I still think could be a fantastic. Not to mention ideas that, you know, are still, you know, bouncing around in our heads that we talk mm -hmm. about all the time, but we have yeah. a hard time staying focused. So, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably, probably the reason why this is the first real attempt. So. And why it's taking two years too. Two yes. guys with ADD. <laughs> I think all, I think all of us gamers are like that. It's just like, you know, playing something for a while. Oh, something new and shiny or something this, yeah. you know, yes. There's still all the tried and trues we go back to, but there's... roll the dice squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> much it. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Now, you guys were mentioning with the, with the distance, I mean, between you guys, I mean, Columbus isn't that far, but it's still, you know, it's not like you're 10, 10 15 minutes down the road. Mm -hmm. And Kirk, you mentioned you work in IT. Have you guys thought about maybe using like Tabletop Simulator or doing stuff on maybe like Tabletopia or something like that to um, try to do we... some of your design processes maybe? We've discussed it and I've looked into it, but I'll be quite honest. I have we haven't played around with it, but I think absolutely something that we could do. Um, you uh, know, we haven't yeah. really, you know, because this was our first game and we're just kind of getting through the, you know, what that's all about. You know, we can definitely leverage uh, technology much more um, for this. You know, even with things like we're doing right now. Um, you know, we, we certainly as, as if we keep going at this, that's going to be a huge part of this business as a whole. Um, you know, I totally see this being a virtual company um, where people work out of their homes um, to, to do the work. So any collaborative uh, tool uh, that we can maximize is definitely on the horizon if we can be successful. And I do think that's one thing that we didn't do initially. We just, you know, analog play tested this thing but using tabletopia to skin your game onto that and to just play test play test it drop out cards add things adjust as you go um was something I, now that i see it a couple other people i know are starting to use tabletopia to test their games like wow this is this could save a lot of time 
yeah. this could, you know, this this is an amazing technology now. So um, a tool that we didn't use initially, but we'll definitely use it going forward. Cool. Yeah, I joined Tabletopia a couple months ago, and I I've only done a couple of solo games. I and it's something I was I was hoping to jump into and be able to spend a lot more time with and just with work lately and some of the stuff going on in real life it was just like every time i want to sit down and try to spend some time with a game it's just like i just just don't have like a couple hours where i could just dedicate and say okay i'm not going to be disturbed you know and that's that's something i feel like if i sit down and play on there i don't want to be telling somebody oh give me 15 minutes i got to go help my wife with something or you know this or that so yeah <laughs> and, and you know that that certainly played into it with eric and i you know we <laughs> We both have kids, uh, you know, and we have day jobs, and you know, it's hard to, uh, you know, balance all of that. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. Awkward silence. Cool. <laughs> I was, I was distracted by my cat, which jumped up on the table behind me. Uh, <laughs> I told you. Horrors. <laughs> I, I saw in my camera that there was a big tail in the screen. I was like, well, okay. I was just making sure that was the cat, and nothing else. <laughs> we feature a cat in the game, you know that, right? So hopefully, uh, my, it's not as bad as that cat. Though. My this this cat this cat's kind of a trip. We actually found this cat out in the yard. There were there were two cats years ago when we were taking our dog out that uh, my wife and I had found, and um, we actually took them in, and they've been some of the greatest cats we've ever had. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, oh, Kirk, you were mentioning about the cat um, in the game. We met Joe at recess in North Olmsted, which is a great place. Um, yes. And I didn't get a chance to, I think it was later in the night uh, when you saw the game, like next time we're there, like we're definitely going to bring it. So yeah, I'd love to see what you think. Oh, definitely. I think I was up there yesterday cause I run um, on the first and third Sundays. I run the Pathfinder adventure card game up there for, for the store. And I've been doing oh. that for a couple of years now. And I thought the girl said that we're working there, that that you guys had left a left a, like a demo copy there. Oh yeah, that's right. It is. It is. Yeah, that's there. I kind of forgot the last time we were there. I left a better version of it. I had one kind of crappy prototype that Kirk and I had been playing forever, and it's pretty rough. So I'm like, I'm not going to leave this one here. I'll, I'll leave a better one. So I did leave that there. Um, yeah, and they've been great about promoting it. Like they put the little cards at the desk and they've been sending people over and talking it up. So that's why I really, I do like all the local support, like people in the city, you know, in Cleveland helping each other, whether it's the store helping the players and the players, you know, coming to the store to help support them. Like there's a lot of that, like um, going to tabletop cafe and side quests, like those guys have been super helpful you know, like cross promotion and all of that. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, hitting on that, that's one of the things when you, when you look at Kickstarter games like this and as a whole, you know, it, Eric and I really like the idea of su supporting the idea of independent creative work like this behind this. Cause you know, it really is hard. It's a hard industry to, to make a dollar and let alone be successful in. And, you know, when, when you, when you, crowdsource so to speak uh, all of this creative effort that goes on that people never see that's really the value in it and you know to be a part of getting that out there is is pretty unique and that's really the importance of supporting these kinds of things because 
there's a lot of creative talent, not just in board games, uh, you know, books, think about it, you know, music that goes unseen because they just can't, you know, get published by some giant game company or some, you know, publisher for books or music, you know, and anything that you can do to get things out there, I think is a good thing. Um, so, you know, I, I, that's probably the most exciting part of this whole adventure to me is seeing the possibility that some, you know, two guys that work all day get to make a game that actually gets published. And, so, and it's something it's, you know, it's a dream of ours. We've talked about this since we were kids We've been making games and now there's an actual chance to do it, you know, and I don't know if we'll make our goal or not, but the point is we made the game, we put it out there and you get immediate feedback. Like, it's a total democracy when you put it out there. The people either decide they want it or they don't want it, you know. And But then you also get to meet people and talk to people and you hear them supporting you and they give you suggestions. And so it's it's awesome. Like, it's something that, you know, we could have never done when we were kids or even in our 20s. You know, it's it's just, it's a cool thing, you know. And people, I mean, we're, we can't even ship internationally. We decided... Initially, like this is our first go around. Let's try to keep this streamlined and simple. You know, maybe that wasn't the best decision, but but we've actually gotten international backers. Like they can't even get the game and they're backing us because they like it. So that's really cool. That's, know, that's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I know how that goes with doing the podcast and stuff. I've been doing this for a couple of years now, and it's it's been slow, but it's just like I keep keep plugging away at it. It's something I like doing. I you know like sitting here talking i like meeting new people and i'd like to definitely have on you know like local people like your guys self you know you know like i think i mentioned to you uh eric why you know i had alan girding on before and a couple other people and I don't, I don't do a lot of interviews but i definitely like to when i can do interviews i like to have the local people on yeah yeah it's great support the local guys definitely the Clevelanders. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about, we've talked a lot about the game. One of the things we really haven't done, do you want to give just like a brief overview of kind of like the gameplay and stuff? Because we really haven't even talked about that. Yeah. Um, you want to go, Kirk? You can talk it through. Well, yeah, I mean, the game's fairly basic. I mean, it's a draw, it's a card drawing game for the most part. Um, you, you draw the cards, uh, three cards, you play the cards, and those uh, certain events happen that c- can either cause the pieces to move downward or upward. Um, and you know, the the when all of you one person's pieces get to the center, the void we call it, um, that ends the game. And then from there, you know, very light kind of Euro style scoring happens uh, to see who has the the you know the the I guess it would be the lowest point. Um, to see who wins the game um, from there on out. Um, you know, that's, it yeah. is very simple mechanics. I mean, it is, as far as uh, complexity, maybe on the scale of a sorry. Yeah. Uh, maybe a touch more strategy for sure than sorry. That, that is one thing. There is a little bit of strategy, definitely some poke your buddy in the back kind of things um, uh, that, you know, Eric and I, definitely wanted a lot of that. Um, But it's also got a couple elements that are kind of unique in that um, it implements some, you know, common uh, just activities. You know, we have rock, paper, scissors. That's part of the game. And then that will directly affect the the end result. So, uh, you know, but it's really pretty basic gameplay. You can learn this in 
what, 15 minutes? Yeah, that, that was our whole point. Like, this is meant to be a party game. Like, it has the built-in drinking option for, you know, for you to have drinks. Yeah, exactly. Thumbs up. <laughs> Sounds <Yeah>. good. <laughs> yeah. Why not just build it in? Like, instead of them, you know, trying to come up with something, like, get in there if you want it. So, but the story, like, just big picture thing is you have these cute little characters who live in this blissful world, and then something bad happens, and they're their world's turned upside down and this this presence, dark presence, basically starts turning them bad. They start breaking bad and they start spiraling down and you're basically pushing and shoving and trying to screw over your neighbor and make, kind of opposite of sorry almost. Like you want to stay in your happy place and send the others yes. downward. Yeah. In fact, that's the clouds are called the happy place. The bad spot's called the void. And you basically start in your happy place and try and push the others down. So... So that's yeah. the overall play. Um, that sounds pretty cool. I think, I think the next time, Thursday is when I'm going to be at recess, I think, next. So I'm going to have to try it then when I'm up there because I, di I didn't make it up there at all last week. I think Sunday was the first time I was there since, like, the previous Thursday. So I had basically missed a whole week up there. I think that's the last time I saw you was that Thursday. I think that was the last, yeah, up until yesterday. That was basically the last time I had a chance to kind of get there. So it's, yeah. like I said, it's been kind of hectic over here. Yeah. So we, we talked about your game quite a bit. What, yeah. are the, what are the games you guys playing? What, el what, else, what else is making it to your table besides your own game? If, if well, you guys have time for anything else. I would love to make more time. Man, there's so many <laughs> great games out there right now. Um, well, when I saw you that night, I was playing Valeria for the first time, which I loved. I thought that was a great game. Yes. Love that. And my buddy was buying expansion packs, you know, as we were speaking. But, yeah, that, that, that was fun. I played that a few times recently. Um, yeah. I think. We've been playing on my side, uh, down in Columbus. Uh, we've been playing a lot of Splendor lately. It's uh, that game is just so um, well designed. I so say you, you know, you would ask the question about designers you you admire. That that game is smooth. Uh, lots of Lords of Waterdeep has been being played lately, um, which is you're, another really well designed game. You're listing all my um, wife's favorite games. <laughs> we uh, we did play, I did play recently. Bring out your dead and uh, by upper deck. Um, you know, not, not to make a this a crit critique, but you know, I, I kind of expected more out of a major publisher like that. But it, you know, it wasn't bad. And of course, we got Origins down here in Columbus next week. Um, I don't know if you're coming or not, but I'm going to be playing Five Tribes there and Mysterium, and then I just bought a bunch of generic tokens to to just see where I can land. Both good games, both very good games. I think I've talked about both of those on the podcast before, and I've talked extensively about Valeria. I gave yeah. I gave that game a couple of episodes almost. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun, a lot of fun. One I'm hearing a lot of good things about is Race for the Galaxy, and I haven't been able to play that yet. Have you? I have played Roll for the Galaxy, not Race. Okay, yeah, that's the one we recently just purchased, and we watched the uh, How to Play, uh, you know, snippet on YouTube basically, and. It, it looks really cool. Yeah, I heard race was. I heard race was supposed to be a little trickier to to pick up than roll. Roll is a lot of fun. I played roll several. Roll for the galaxy several times, okay. and that one that one's a lot of fun. That one has some really nice dice mechanics in there. Nice. I think the last week, I my big game that I had picked up was Fifty First State from Portal Games, hmm. and so I had been playing that quite a bit. I had kind of been having my eye on that one for a while. I've never played Imperial Settlers, which I guess is what the game is kind of like based off of. They have the same mechanics. Um, 51st State is based, um, 
is based more in a post-apocalyptic setting, so it's actually a pretty good card game. I've only played several solo games so far. I'm hoping to take it down to Recess on Thursday and get it played as well with uh, more than just myself. And then one of my all-time favorites is Gloom. I don't know if you've ever done that. Uh, I just introduced that to my son, and just uh, I love that game. Yeah, I don't think I've tried Gloom yet. I'm going to give that one a shot. It has the transparent cards on it, and you, you kind of build upon each other as you go and you're literally trying to make bad things happen well actually good things happen to bad people it's pretty cool yeah you want your family to be like the adams family gloomy yeah. and bad <laughs> it's pretty basically good put happiness onto other families it's, it's pretty good now do you guys have a normal weekly group you guys meet up with or is it just because i normally just go down to recess and see who's ever there and then somebody brings a game and we just play it I mean, so I can't say I have a set group of people, although you will normally find me at a table with Jim and a few other people that I... We're usually playing the heavy Euros. We're kind yeah. of like the heavier Euro people down there. So It's hard for me. I've got a guy now at work um, that we've been doing some gaming over lunch, but it's mostly been either playtesting my game or playtesting on his game. So we did play Zombicide um, two weeks ago. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to get, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we were playing Black Plague. Good times. I just got my box, the rest of my box in today. My wife sent me a picture. She goes, you got a package? It's like a kid on Christmas. I haven't haven't even opened it up yet because I was trying to get ready for the podcast. So once we're done with the podcast, I'm going to open that up, then probably start getting somebody to look at the air conditioning here in the house. Yeah. (laughs) We play a couple times. We play a couple times a month where it's mostly family now, a couple friends. Um, now Columbus is getting a new game uh, board cafe similar to Recess and Tabletop up there in uh, Cleveland. Um, we're kind of behind. Columbus is a little bit behind there. We have one uh, parlor here named Kingmaker, um, but it's kind of in a hard place to get to. <laughs> uh, and it's a very crowded area of town, the short north, which I'm sure you've heard of up there too. So this other one's going to be down in Clintonville. So I'm looking forward to that. He's, he actually did a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe, I can't remember which one it was, to get his parlor up. So I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that. And when he does, I've already reached out to him, and I plan on going down there a lot. Cool. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of tabletop, they were funded through Kickstarter to get mm-hmm. started. Um, so, yeah, all comes full circle. That's right. Uh, either of you guys have a favorite mechanic or a favorite type of game, worker placements? Like I said, we usually do the heavy Euros, so I'm doing worker placements and whatever the game is bringing you know to the table but is there like a favorite mechanic you guys got that you guys can think of um i like play worker placement games you know i you know settlers of Catan, i love you know it's um i like euro style i don't know that i have a favorite i try to i would say pretty open i mean i love card games i mean i was a magic person for a long time um i i sometimes wish we had explored card games a little more when we were starting to create games um, mm-hmm. that's one area eric and i haven't done a ton of it was yeah. first playing playing around creating those kind of games but now nah, i mean i don't think i have a favorite like i'll play anything if it's engaging yeah. you know we're kind of junkies but i mean i definitely like euro style games i mean there's no doubt about it um you know there's certainly and I, i'm gonna dare i say sound a little snobby here there's certainly more intelligent than your ameritrash uh, counterparts, <laughs> but I, they all have their place, right? So I sometimes yeah. wish I would have kept all my magic, the gathering cards that I had from back in the day. Yeah. I still have my original decks. So I was a black and red guy. So 
Well, how now? How early did you start playing? Let's see. I would have been playing probably ninety three or four. Okay. Yeah. So you, yeah, you were early like me. So you were with Arabian Nights Antiquities and stuff. Yes. And yes. yeah, I the only the only thing I wish I would have kept. Well, the big thing I wish I would have kept were the Moxes of Black Lotus and all those good cards. But I yeah. had sold all those. Yeah. Maybe so. I'll send you a picture of one. Gee, thanks. I st- I still ha- I still have one I still have one nice thing that I actually found in my house a couple of weeks ago I didn't even realize I had I was going through an old box of card games from when I actually worked for Jim twenty seven years ago um, <laughs> and I have a full set of antiquities nice so I was Ooh. just like ooh look at that I still actually have something worth probably <laughs> what the whole rest of my collection costs yeah exactly <laughs> hang on to that oh definitely. <laughs> That's a yeah. That's cheaper. <laughs> it's it. I don't think I don't think it's actually ever been played. It's in a nice little plastic container, and I I looked. All the cards are there. I was like, ooh, okay, excellent. This is nice. Good to know I have this. We will just put this right back in the box and just forget <laughs> it. Forget it's there and save it for a rainy yeah. day. <laughs> yes. Otherwise, you'll you'll sell it and feel bad later. Like, why did I do that? I should just held on to it. That's 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 how I feel about all the other cards that I sold because yeah we started playing pretty early on and that's I think I quit playing shortly after the dark was released which was I think the expansion after Fallen Empires and Fallen Empires when they put that out kind of just put a sour taste in my mouth with the whole magic sets mm-hmm. so yeah all right well we've been chatting for quite a while. Is there anything else you guys would like to talk about as far as with the game goes, as far as with your company or what you guys are planning on doing next or? Well, as, as of today, we have nine days left to reach our goal. Um, I think we're at about 55%, give or take a percent. (laughs) So we've got some work to do. So yeah, if you, if you're interested, like check it out on Kickstarter, adorable to horrible. Um, and yeah, we're not done. I, like this is our first go round. I know, you know, we we know that like your first foray into Kickstarter isn't you know doesn't always succeed, but it's definitely been a learning experience. Like all the different moving parts beyond just making the game that you gotta you know you gotta be on top of. So um, yeah. I think having that under our belt now. I think this next go round is going to be a success. So, um, yeah, we, you know that, like Eric was saying before, you know, we we we've got other ideas. Um, we've got some other creative uh, input through another person that we're going to be bringing in, and mm-hmm. we're by no means if this doesn't you know get backed, we're by no means done. We're coming back, and we're gonna we'll be smarter about it. If uh, and uh, the new idea that we have um, and kind of reviving how adorable to horrible will be uh after this kickstarter is totally changed so yeah. um i think we, we knew we've, going we've got in. some ammo yeah and i think we knew going in to like this is either gonna work or it's not i mean well like every game is but i think we knew this is a niche like it wasn't a heavy strategy game it's you know the theme is adult so we're narrowing the scope right off the bat so it's like but does it is there another audience that is looking for something like this. If you like South Park, if you like Happy Tree Friends, if you like, you know, um, Family Guy or anything like that, like maybe there would be some appeal there. And maybe you're looking for just a quick filler game that's fun and entertaining. You can have 
your friends over and have some drinks and like it's you know this is better than just sitting around you know talking let's do something and have some fun entertaining cards and like try and screw each other over you know (laughs) so i think we i think we knew going in like okay like it's a niche it's either gonna catch fire or like we're gonna have to work to really you know find find that bigger audience so um and there's just so much competition too going in which is a good thing like there's a lot of great games out there so you know you have to be different but you also have to sort of catch fire um early i think that was something maybe we didn't do enough of is the groundwork leading up to launching it you know we did some but you really have to like get that going and get people like salivating to push the button as soon as it launches i think so which is something we'll learn next time um what else kurt (laughs) <laughs> that's about it support kickstarter games that's what i say yeah definitely there's so many great ones out there um yeah i think i think the i think out of the like 16 or so things i've backed on kickstarter i think 15 have been games and then i found this one thing for my father that i purchased for him for christmas was this like um wooden train called U gears um where it came basically all laser cut and I was going to build it with my dad and try to like spend some time with them on the weekend. And when I went, I gave it to him the one weekend. And when I went to visit him the next weekend, he had the whole damn thing put together already. <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess we don't get to spend any good father's in time there. Pops. Thanks. <laughs> There's no <bonding. laughs> I'm done. I mean, but it, it looked, it looked awesome when he had the thing put together. Well, that's I mean, cool. So it was really cool. Yeah. And okay. I had just, it was called, it was called U gears like you the letter u and then gears and they're all just like laser cut things they have more than the train they have a bunch of different things that are just like like wooden laser cut cut things and you're putting the you put together the model and it's put together with like rubber bands and kind of like toothpicks i mean but the wood looks really nice yeah and once it's all put together it's it looked really sharp i mean is i was i was really impressed with the quality finished wood or do you, is this something you like like finish after it is it like untreated wood i i don't want to say it's i don't want to say it's balsa because it's much much heavier and stronger than like a balsa wood but it's thinner and i'm guessing you could probably paint it if you want to um Mm -hmm. i don't know just the wooden look that it actually has um it just looks really cool yeah and and i i had just seen that on kickstarter when i saw they offered a train because they had like um a couple of different things you can order when i saw the train i looked at my wife i was like my dad's a huge train fanatic i was like I go, I won't be able to give them to this on Christmas Day. I go, but this would be kind of cool. And my wife was like, hey, I'll try it. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> have you gotten him to play Ticket to Ride? I have, you know, I've never actually tried to get him to do to, to play Ticket to Ride. He was yeah. never really much into board games. Yeah. Um, they, my parents bought me a ton of board games, but I usually played with most of the neighbor kids. Yeah. I mean, yeah. normally. Speaking normal, of games I love. Ticket to Ride. Ticket to Ride? Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Games yeah. I love. Risk is fun. <laughs> yeah. I was I was talking to I was talking with Risk um, yesterday down at recess with somebody. We were talking about a couple of the different um, legacy games, and I said my wife loves Risk. We used to play Risk twenty two ten when we were dating a lot, and yeah. he was like, "Well, did you ever play Risk Risk Legacy?" And I go, "Well, at home it's mostly just me and the wife." I go, "So we really and I I know Risk Risk Legacy is three. I go, but I I'm sure she would probably like it because she likes to defeat me anytime she gets a chance to play risk yeah i'm basically a sucker for anything with a map too like you open that board and there's a map on it. i'm already i'm in 
I don't care what it is, you know. So, yeah, I think God, Kirk, how many how many games of Risk and Axis and Allies did we play growing up? Millions. Oh my God, yeah. The one that we've been enjoying a lot, and I don't know if you guys have seen it, Zaya, Legends of a Drift System. It's like Ooh. a 4X-style game. It was on Kickstarter. I actually didn't get it on Kickstarter. I had heard about it just on listening to a ton of different um, game podcasts and stuff like that, and everybody was saying it was a really good game. So I had picked it up and took it down to recess, and um, after that, I think the only place you can probably, you were able to pretty much get it was from, like, Amazon and... Um, from basically like the designer's website so jimmy actually got a hold of the designer was able to you know get some in at the store and he sold several and you know it's, it's a game i now see playing down there you know several times already what's and it what's how do you spell it zaya xia legends exactly. legends of a drift system and they they actually has um they actually have a kickstarter out right now for the expansion um oh. that just that just hit i think last week oh. so it's it's a nice like 4x type space game so if you guys like maps, the components in it are pretty cool. It's 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 fun. It's a lot of fun. Everybody that's played it usually is walking over and saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to buy a copy of this. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Sold. <laughs> so, all right. Sense. Cool. If there's nothing else that you guys want to chat about, I want to thank both of you for spending some time with me. Oh, thank you. Our no problem. Yeah, thank you. Hey, everybody, this is Joe. I'm back after the interview. Hopefully you liked everything that you heard there, and you will actually go look at their Kickstarter because I think by the time I get this posted, they only have a few more days up on Kickstarter, and it looks like they have a little ways to go, so they need a little help here. So everybody who listens, if you guys can go help them out, and maybe we can push them over the edge and get them to that 100% goal that they're looking for, that would be really appreciated. So all right, let's jump into a few of the games I played for the week. One of the first games I played down at my game store on Thursday, which I finally made it down to my local game store for a little bit of board gaming on Thursday. I played 51st State. We had a four-player game of that going on. I was able to kind of teach this actually very quickly after having played several of those solo games, reading through the rules multiple times. I was actually kind of impressed with how well I knew the rules. Pretty much every question that anybody was able to answer, I was able to answer very quickly. And after looking it up in the rule book, I was correct with all of my answers as well. So sometimes, sometimes that's always a good thing because that doesn't always happen. Sometimes there's a few rules we forget or anything, but playing a four-player game was really interesting. And after playing the four-player game and seeing how all of the factions kind of interact with each other and how they just kind of work, I really wish I would would have actually done the pre-order from Portal Games, actually had gotten the other two faction cards. I'm hoping maybe at Gen Con, Portal Games might be there and maybe I can have somebody pick me up some of those extra faction cards and maybe some of the extra goodies that were given into that master set if you pre-ordered for them. I don't know if that stuff will be available for there at Kickstarter or at a Kickstarter at Gen Con or not, but it'd be really cool if they actually did have that stuff at Gen Con. But our game was really interesting. Like I said, we had four players going. I think I came in second. I didn't, I think it, it was pretty well spaced out. Um, you know, there, there was, I took an early lead, I think early on, or actually the guy next to me took an early lead. Then I jumped up and caught up to him and then passed him up for a turn or so. But once you really get your engine going in this game, the points do rack up very quickly and the game can come to a very, very abrupt and quick 
quick end because I think we were around 13 to 15 point wise. And then on the next turn, the guy sitting next to me was able to jump well past 25 just in one turn with everything he was able to turn in. And I was able to pretty much do the same with uh, several of the locations that I had played. I was playing as the mutants. So I was trying to concentrate on a lot of gun locations. And I got lucky early on that I had gotten two schoolyards. I think it was the card that was uh, I was able to play and actually get um, additional meeples on, on brought into the game for me, which was a huge, huge help for me having extra meeples very early on to be able to do different actions or actually turn them in for additional resources. One of the hardest resources I think I had in obtaining throughout pretty much the whole game were the iron, the ones that look like the cogs. So I was trying to just spend, I would think I was spending two meeples each turn just to get one iron. So I was able to finish a couple of, um, Turn, turn that in for basically some of the Grey Connect tokens and then be able to spend those on building actual locations. So I really enjoyed the four-player game. I can't wait to get this one to the table again. I think I'm going to be taking this down. I may try to hit the game store on Monday again this week. If everything goes well, I will make it down there. I've already had a couple of people who have requested for me to bring 51st State. The actual owner of the store actually pinged me on Facebook earlier. I think it was maybe earlier today or yesterday asking if I can actually do a demo of 51st State. I guess they're doing demos of the game this weekend, and with my wife's birthday being yesterday, we already had plans pretty much for the whole weekend. Besides me editing this podcast, I really didn't have any extra time to be able to run down there and do that, so I was I felt bad that I couldn't do that, but with the wife's birthday, like I said, I kind of needed to do stuff around here. So 51st State was one of the first games we played, and then we jumped over to a little game called Beastie Bar. This is a really interesting card game. I think you only have 12 cards that you're kind of dealt and you're having four cards in your hand at a time all the cards are numbered each one has a different animal on there and everybody pretty much has the same set of the same animals the same numbers and pretty much has the you're going to have different cards in your hand at at any time but you all pretty much have the same stuff that you're going to be playing throughout the game and what you're trying to do is you're trying to either get your beasts into the bar or you are going to get kicked out of the bar and basically get kicked out of line. So what happens is everybody's going to go around, play a card. Once five beasts or animals are outside of the bar and in the row, the two highest are going to get to go into the bar, and then the two lowest are going to get kicked out of line and get sent home for the evening. The last one will actually get to remain there, and each different animal that you have has a different number on them, and they're all dressed differently, and it's it's kind of a cool-looking game. Each animal is going to do a different type of action on their turn, so when you play a particular animal, they can maybe jump in front of two people. You can maybe shift the actual entrance and exit to either side of the table. Everybody stays in the same position that they're in, so the people who are at the end of the line then are at the entrance. The people who are at the beginning of the line are now at the exit. That was switching a lot, quite a bit in our game. Everybody kept playing the cards that were switching those around or playing, I think there's like a chameleon card that lets you mimic something else. So those cards were just being chained off of each other to just switch the entrance and exit around constantly. But what happens is everybody's playing until you're out of cards. Once you're out of cards, you're taking all the cards that made it into the bar. You're sorting those out into the individual colors of the players. And whoever got the most beasts into the bar is the winner. We only played the basic version of this game. I guess there's an advanced version where there are less beasts in your hand, I think it is. And you're also totaling up the cards instead of going by the amount of cards that actually got into the bar because each card, like I said, has a value on there. And I believe in the advanced game, you're using that value as point system. We didn't play the advanced game. We'd only played this once. It was a cool little game. It's a nice little filler, something that I would play again. The first turn, I really wasn't too sure where the game was going. But then after I had seen some of the actions that the beasts could do, I pretty much caught on quickly to what was going on and was like, okay, because the first card I played, I just kind of threw down a card. and I really wasn't too sure what was going to, how it was going to play out. But then after 
a couple other people played cards and I saw what their actions were, I started to try to form a strategy in my head and kind of watch out what other people were playing. And it was it was just a nice, good filler game. So those were a couple of the games we played during the week on Thursday. One other game we played was Deception Murder in Hong Kong. We've got one of the one game in of that, and this was this was a really funny game. I actually was the witness during this game, and I've played this game a lot. Uh, I talked about this, I think, in the previous uh, last podcast. So I'm not really going to go too far into this one, but a funny thing kind of happened. Eric was playing the criminal scientist. He pointed out who the murderer and the accomplice were, and I thought he pointed to the gentleman next to me and across from me, but he actually pointed the gentleman next to me and the gentleman across from him. So during the whole game, I thought the guy across from me possibly could have been the murderer, and he wasn't. And so once it was revealed, and we got we got really lucky, because once it was revealed, one of the guys who was just a normal a, a normal person in the game, he actually figured out what the murder weapon was and everything and guessed completely correct, which saved everybody because since I had played my witness part so poorly, nobody had any idea I was the witness. And I just looked at Eric and I just kind of sat there and I was like, I thought you pointed at these two. He goes, no, I pointed at those two. And he, I, we just looked at each other and then just started laughing. So even though I had gotten my part of the game wrong, we still actually won. It was a great time that we had. Everybody really enjoyed the game. We were going to try to squeeze in a second game of this, but it was really really close to closing time so we figured we'll just call it we didn't want to actually get kicked out of the store while being in the middle of the game so deception murder in hong kong we had another good time with i'm sure we're going to be playing this one every now and then possibly is kind of like a light filler game because it only takes about 20 25 minutes to maybe go through you could probably even do it a little less if you have everybody that's already played with you at the table and everybody's kind of familiar with the rules although it only takes a couple of minutes to kind of explain the game and like i said listen to the last podcast here and i talked about that game in some pretty good detail as we had some good time with it both last week and this week as well so, all right, those were the board games I played for the week. On video, on the video game front, I actually finished Mafia 2 today, and I could say I'm a little disappointed in the game. One, it was extremely short. It was definitely only worth the $6 I paid for it, and I really wish I wouldn't have even purchased any of the DLC because I really don't even want to go through and play any of the DLC right now. And even though I only spent a couple bucks on the DLC, I feel like I just wasted a couple of dollars that I could have maybe put into another game that's coming up on the Steam sale or that's actually on the good old game sale right now because there's a few games on there that I'd like. So Mafia 2, I had played it pretty much most of during the week. I had gotten up to the last chapter today, and I think I pretty much spent... A good majority of today playing both chapter 14 and then the final chapter 15 and I think I almost spent as much time playing those last two chapters as I did playing the other 13 I mean this game for me only took about 13 hours I think it was what it was what it said I had invested into it so it was definitely an extremely short game I mean that's to me that's that's a very short game and especially for being a sandbox game now I will say I didn't go around and do a lot of the extra things because I really wasn't even too sure of what a lot of those things were besides going around and finding wanted posters and Playboy magazines, which basically just unlocked pictures. I really didn't find any side quests that you could really work on or other other than driving around stealing cars. And I guess I should have maybe looked through some of the actual achievements that you could obtain to see if there were a couple of other things that I could have done. But kind of just mainlining through the story on this one, I was pretty much happy with. I was really disappointed with the final gunfights. They just seemed so long, so drawn out. 
there there was just 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 a lot of disappointment towards the end of the game and for something that i was kind of really enjoying all during the week i'm kind of getting bummed out at finishing the games and then just being left unsatisfied after finishing these games i mean i think i talked about this when i had spent my hundred or so hours playing into fallout 4 i i really enjoyed my way playing through most of that game but then the last 15 hours i just kind of just wasn't having a good time with them the last probably two to three hours of mafia 2 I just really wasn't getting into anymore. I it's I really enjoyed the game. There were I thought there were so many other places they could have taken the story. Just so many other things they could have done. It would have been nice if like I, I think like I mentioned before, if you would have actually been able to get choices in some of the decisions that were made for the game and actually been able to branch the story possibly in different arcs than just being kind of forced and funneled down this one road that you everybody had to follow and kind of just go through the same thing. And the story was okay. It was basically just the same type of mafia story that you would expect from any sort of game. I actually watched the video for mafia 3 and looking at that one i'm not really too sure that this one's going to be much better than what i just played with mafia 2 so definitely gonna have to wait and see how some of the reviews come out for mafia 3 what the game looks like but i'll probably be staying away from that one and if anything it would be another six dollar purchase for me i can't really say that it's something i would definitely purchase on day one for probably 50 or 60 bucks which i can guarantee is probably what that's going to be selling for so i'll probably be staying away from that one until it gets lowered to another to a little bit price uh, you know a sale price but other than that those are pretty much the games i played for the week really didn't play too many other things mafia did try to kind of eat up most of my evenings but there are a few other things that i want to talk about under the what i want to play now part of the show so cool mini or not has a new kickstarter that a lot of people are jumping on board right now and that's called massive darkness and this is one that i've actually kickstarted right now for the 120 dollars i'm really torn as to whether i want to keep my kickstarter pledge live and active or whether i kind of want to cancel this one and maybe just go down to my local game store and just pick up descent 2.0 and actually some of the expansions for that maybe just start playing that because i can i can kind of start playing descent 2.0 now or wait for massive darkness to come out next year and for another six months a lot of the stuff that you get in the kickstarter is something that is really attractive and one of the reasons why i kind of want to leave my 120 dollars pledge there but I also think that uh, my game store is going to be getting in Food Chain Magnate for me. It sounds like that uh, they're hopefully getting in some orders from the fourth shipment, and I have one pre-ordered from them, so that's going to be something that I'm going to be wanting to get to the table immediately. So I'm really torn as to what I'm going to do with my pledge for Massive Darkness. I didn't get an early bird. It seemed like uh, Kickstarter just had a lot of problems right when that right when that Kickstarter went live. It, their site just came to a crawl. I couldn't even see it for the first three minutes when I finally did. It seemed that the early birds were already gone, so it was kind of funny that basically everybody killed Kickstarter just to try to get an early bird for Massive Darkness. It was kind of insane as to how that was. I had never experienced anything like that before on Kickstarter, but their site, basically, I was surprised it even stayed running because it just it went very, very slow there for about three to five minute period while everybody was trying to hit that site and get that. So Massive Darkness, like I said, we're still on the fence about. Not really too sure if we're going to keep it or not, so we'll have to, I'm sure I'll be talking about that one during the whole Kickstarter. We'll, I'll let you know what I actually end up doing with my final pledge for that one. Another one that I saw on board game geek that's supposed to be coming out hopefully with a gen con release possibly if not it's hopefully going to be at least shown at gen con maybe out shortly after orleans invasion even though i have already played this one because a buddy joe of mine actually imported this one direct from overseas i believe germany is where he got that i'm still looking forward to this one orleans is still one of my favorite games of last year i love it when this game gets to the table and i've been waiting for the expansion to come out ever since i had heard about it and then when i played it a couple months ago it just made me hype for it that much more so orleans Leon's Invasion is definitely another one that I'm looking forward to and definitely something that um, if it does come out at Gen Con, I will be having somebody pick that up for me immediately. A game that I picked
picked up on Tabletop Day, Lords of Vegas. I was hoping my wife and I were going to get a chance to sit down and actually play this weekend. We may try to get that to the table tomorrow. We haven't had much of a chance to play many games lately, but we're actually going to try to find maybe a few minutes free and maybe get some Lords of Vegas to the table. I was reading through the rules last night, watched a couple of videos. I think I pretty much have an understanding of how the game's played and what you're trying to do in this game. doesn't seem like it's too, too complicated. It seems pretty simple and straightforward, but it looks to be a lot of fun. I think a game that once we do play it, we'll probably see quite a bit of play in our house because these are the types of games my wife and I like to play against each other. So Lords of Vegas is another one that I'm hoping we'll get to the table here very quickly. And then the last game, I was talking about one of, with one of my buddies, Jim, down at the game store. He had heard me talked about Zaya quite a bit recently in a lot of the podcasts, and he's actually seen us play it down at the game store quite a bit. I don't believe he's actually had a chance to sit down and play a game of Zaya with us, but he mentioned that he has a copy of Merchants and Marauders that he's never played before, and when he pulled it out of his bag, my eyes lit up like it was Christmas. Merchants and Marauders is one of the games that's been on my want to play list for quite a while, and when he said he'd kind of like to see how it is and compare it to Zaya to see if he should actually have both games in his collection, I said immediately that I wanted to be part of the game when that game hit the table. It's a game that I've actually watched a couple videos on, I read a few things on, and it's something that has been possibly on my want to play slash buy list, even because I've just been kind of looking for a good pirate game to play besides the Skull and Shackles that I have, which is quite a bit different of a game than what Merchants and Marauders is. So hopefully we're actually going to get Merchants and Marauders to the table here maybe within the next week or so, and this is another game that I hopefully will be able to talk about soon. And that is it. Those are the games I played for the week. Those are the games I want to play for the week. And I think we're at the end of another episode. Hey, everybody, thanks for joining me for another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. As always, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations on our board game Geek Guild. We are guild number 2440. On Twitter, follow me at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G on Facebook. Just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast and then of course as always our twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now everybody thanks for joining me for another podcast hopefully next week I will have a lot more games to talk about and possibly another interview that I'm trying to work on in the next couple of weeks so if that doesn't make it for the next show maybe it will be for the show after so hopefully everybody likes the interviews that I'm trying to get scheduled here they are some local designers to close to where I live and just around the area here and I like to concentrate on some of those guys but if anybody else feels like they would like to be interviewed and maybe be on the show send me some email like I always say what I'm playing now at gmail.com is how everybody can get a hold of me hey everybody thanks for joining me go play some games and then don't forget to let me know what you're playing now have a great week everybody we'll talk to you later bye bye